program is an exclusive Disruption Networks production. So you just bought your dream home, and now it's time to move. Let's face it, nobody likes to move. All the packing, unpacking, lifting, upstairs, downstairs, and broken everything, including your back. Let the professionals at EJA Moving Company take all the stress and pain out of your move. Competitively priced moving, relocation services, office moves, and complete packing and unpacking services. They work with everybody to make it simple and easy for you to move and relocate. Call EJA Moving Company at 315-335-0516. When it's time to relocate, have EJA Moving do all the work for you. Hit them up online, ejamoving.com. Want to know what's going on at the D? Hit up disruptionnetwork.net and check out our events calendar brought to you by the Events Co. Find out about upcoming guests, special events, concerts, show schedules, community activities, and more. Get connected at disruptionnetwork.net. Join us Saturday, February 8th for the Disruption Network's three-year anniversary party at the Jewish Community Center, 2310 Oneida Street in Utica, New York. Musical acts include Annie in the Water, acoustic performance by Haley Jane, Trampoline Jetstream, and Live Noah. Haley in the Water will cap off the night covering Fleetwood Mac's hit album, Rumors. Party kicks off at 6 p.m. There will be beer, wine, food from Doughboy's Barbecue, and Holy Fazoli. Saturday, February 8th. For tickets, visit our website, disruptionnetwork.net. What's cracking, everybody? It's hump day. What a hump day, you know? You would want to do some humping, but... (laughs) It means you're almost over the week, people. Almost there. Maybe you should do some humping. I suggest it. Just being a goof today. Field on Utica Coffee Pistachio today. I love it. I love this stuff so much. Thank you to my friends. Frank and Heather over at Utica Coffee. WakeTheHellUp.com, that's their moniker. That's their slogan, and they really mean it. Carl Ermish in the house with me, photographer extraordinaire. He's drinking up the Utica Coffee. In fact, Carl and I meet over at Utica Coffee often. You digging the pistachio today? Oh, I love the pistachio. Yeah. You know, I, anything, whatever they've got on, on tap is what I love. What's your go-to? Uh, I like Jamaican Me Crazy and Cannoli. Those are two of my favorites, but the pistachio is great. Come yep. on. You know what it is? I, I love the brand. I mean, I love yeah. Frank and Heather. Me so too. it's like if they were if they were making uh, coffee tea bags and running eight cups through it a day, I'd still drink it. <laughs> <laughs> Heather used to beat me up when we were kids. Oh, she probably still can beat you she up. She can still beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> They're great people. I love my friends over at Utica Coffee. Check them out, wakethehellup.com. They've got some really cool merchandise, too, so. Check it out. Support our friends. Also support our friends over at EJA Moving Services. When you're ready to move and relocate, hit up Eddie and the crew. Those guys are logistic dudes. Like, I'm going to hire them for my summer concert season this year, I think, just to have them move all the gear that we need to move because they're awesome. You just point in the direction, and they do the work, and they're very coachable, and they're so easy to get along with. And you can have them move your company, your gym equipment, or whatever, by calling them at 315-335-0516 or hit them up, ejamoving.com. Also, much love to Utica Hemp. Stop living in pain. Check out CBD, uticahempco.com. You in the CBD at all, Carl? Have you tried it? You know, I, I tried some uh, maybe a year ago. I, I don't even remember what the brand was, but a photographer friend of mine from, like, Ohio was involved in that. And I tried it, and, and I kind of like the results, but uh, I never really pursued it as a, as a regular thing. Do, um, do you have some ailments? Oh, we all have ailments. We, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I got mental ailments. Yeah, right. Well, no, I don't have too many of those. But uh, oh, yeah, I'm I'm 60. I and I wake up with you know achy joints and this or that. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, I think uh, the science that I've read on it makes perfect sense. And you know, uh, people can get kind of bent out of shape thinking that there's THC in it, which there isn't. You know, but uh, well, th- you know, for real CBD to actually work. There should be a touch of THC in it. Oh, okay. Uh, just a touch of it, not much. Yeah, but not not anything where like you would you know take a, a daily dose and be stoned. Right, exactly. Right. It's not going to knock you out. Exactly. Though you take a lot of CBD, like what I'll do is sometimes take a couple drops full of it, 
and it will make me sleep great throughout the night. Yeah, like a full potency. Yeah, yeah. I'll get a full eight hours. I don't get eight hours. I'm no, lucky if no. I get four hours sometimes. Yeah. But uh, the CBD definitely helps me sleep at night. But yeah, I got to take a lot of it, though, to knock me out. But I'll take a little bit because I have arthritis in my right foot. Oh, do you? Yeah, and, and a couple drops of the CBD, and I don't feel it. Helps the body move along throughout the day. That's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. So I might revisit that. Did I, did I see recently that uh, Joe Post that uh, they have opened up a fifth location in Rochester? Or they're in the Rock now. Yeah, wow. Yeah, they're spreading the Utica hemp all over the place. I'm yeah. proud of them, man. They're doing some great things, and we're we're doing an event really, really soon too, um, that we're going to be helping out a friend of ours in need, and uh, we'll. we'll post about that and talk about that great as time goes along but uh carl it's good to see you man good to be here i i you know when you sent me the message yesterday that you had an opening uh yeah i was like hey you know providence moves in a lot of great ways so here <laughs> we are i'm psyched i had uh, my guest canceled and we had a meeting going on today i'm like you know what it'd be cool if you just let's bump it over to the podcast and yeah hang out and chill so um, i'm glad you could come and hang out you've been doing photography for how many years now oh, it'd be 38 years professionally you know i i'm like i said i'm going to be 61 in march i picked it up as a hobby when i was about 11 years old so 50 years you know and what were the cameras like it, when you were 11 years old well that's what's interesting i just recently did a, a live workshop trying to explain to people because you know a lot of people have digital slr cameras and they really they're they're stumped by the technology they don't really understand how to make the camera work and the interesting thing is the very first camera that i bought i bought off a newspaper photographer in hudson new york which is where i grew up and so you know newspaper photographer was professional equipment it was a 35 millimeter konica auto reflex t camera took 35 millimeter film and that's what they used you know at the newspaper what was the price tag on that back then oh i think i think i might have bought it for a hundred dollars wow and you know uh, well back then. let me be fair i think my father bought it for me for a hundred dollars mm -hmm. i was 12 maybe 11 or 12 wow. when i got that camera so uh yeah but the thing was was that you put the film in and the film had a certain speed to it uh, it was asa then now it's iso um and it was the speed of the film and they were pretty limited it was like 100 speed film and 400 speed film that was it and that was the film sensitivity to light and so that came with the film the only thing that i could adjust on the camera was the aperture or the f-stop which is the opening of the lens and the shutter speed that was it <laughs> and yet we took pictures. Life magazine took some of the greatest photographs in the world on manual cameras. Well, guess what? The equipment of today, even though it's got all these extra bells and whistles, it's still all about ISO, f-stop, and shutter speed. Mm -hmm. Nothing's exactly. changed. Nothing's and, and changed. Yeah, yeah. Other so, than the technology. Right, but yeah, and all the extra stuff isn't really necessary to get what your goal in a photograph basically is to start with anyway is a properly exposed image. Now, then you get into the composition and the artistry, the subject matter, the lighting, and all that stuff. But to take a good picture, like these people that have their cameras packed away somewhere because they don't know how to use their camera, it really isn't rocket science learning how to get a good exposure. What you do with it after that is, is up to you. But there's no reason you should keep your camera you know, in a drawer somewhere because it's not that hard to learn. You know, the kids won't know the struggle of buying like a camera with the separate flash. In a, sec a separate film, and you, you know you'd have to put your flash on top of the camera. And I'm talking the little personal cameras back in the day. You remember right. those? I still, right. I still have mine. Do you really? It's in the attic. Oh, good for but you. That <laughs> and, and then the separate flash. You'd have to put a separate flash in, and then of course you'd have to put in the the, the roll of film right. in there to take the pictures, and then go develop them. It wasn't the instant gratification age that we live in today. That's for sure. There's a lot of that, you know, and, and look, there's pros and cons to everything. Like, right. I, I was in a dark room in SUNY New Paltz when I heard that John Lennon passed away. And I, I used to love being in the dark room. You know, the smell of it, the, the moodiness of the safe lights, the, the, uh, the mystery and the surprise and the miracle of an image coming through the developer and starting to form and you can see it. And, and that was cool. But when I consider what I can do with digital photography in a computer today, I, there's no way I would ever go back to film and dark rooms and things like that because it's, it's opened up a realm of possibility that was only a dream years ago. But dark rooms are extinct now, right? No, they're not extinct. No? But, but, you know, if somebody said they were going to open up a dark room here in Utica, I'd be laughing because it's like that's a business that – depending on how much capital they have, isn't going to last. Well, it's going to last until the capital runs out. They're not going to find a market for that. So, Is there a dark room in Utica? There probably, probably is one. at a school or something? Yeah, maybe at a school, Munson Williams, maybe. But I, I, don't, I don't know. They may be all digital by now as well. So, 
It's moved so fast. Too. Oh, it has. It's moved. But, but I feel like there was a time period where it didn't move. And then all of a sudden, maybe once we hit the, the 2000s, it just exploded. Do, do you agree on that? Well, I, I agree on that from the perspective of even take uh, iPhones. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, 20 years ago, you know, your, your cell phone was a shoe. <laughs> and now look at their, their computers that are more powerful than the computers that were in the room of MDS when uh, some of these local people made their millions. You remember MDS was a – Moak Data Science was a company that was into computers and stuff. And there's a lot of people that made a lot of money through that. But computers far less sophisticated than our iPhones would fill this entire room. Hmm. And so when you consider how quickly technology – I mean, it's, it's growing exponentially. I had to laugh about that today because I was thinking when I look over the course of my career, 38 years – and I think of how things changed in those 38 years. A lot of the younger photographers that are around today, they have no idea what they're going to be looking at in 20, 30, or 40 years of their career. I mean, who knows? Right. Uh, we've seen beta testing on glasses that have, you know, iPhones in them and Apple glasses. And you can – I actually uh, – Ryan Miller over at Thinkubator, um, he had a a pair of these glasses, and he let me try them. You could literally take a photograph with these glasses just by blinking. Wow. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows what they're going to come up with? The only thing I know for sure is they are going to come up with something. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be mind-blowing. Some sort of alien technology. I don't know. It's going to be it's going to it's going to feel like alien technology compared it to today. It always does. And it's going to be funny is when when somebody who's like 23 now is 63 in 40 years and one of their grandkids says, "Geez, papa, you know, that was you're like a dinosaur. That's so old." <laughs> then, you know, the the young kids going to have to figure it out when they're 64 too. Right. So, it's a it's a fun game though. Uh, hologram technology is starting to become a thing. Yeah, cool. And, and watch, in about five, ten years from now, everything's going to be in holograms. Yeah, I mean, we th- we look at the TVs. Like, you can get these uh, ULD TVs that are, like, so sophisticated compared to the big, you know, cabinet TVs we had even 20 years ago. Well, who knows? You might not even have a TV. You might just have some kind of a mini projector projecting a hologram or something. I don't know. Did you have a floor TV back in the 70s and the 80s? Oh, yeah, three <laughs> channels. Yeah, you know, channel down in Hudson, you know, near Albany, it was channels 6, 10, and 13. Mm-hmm. That was it. And those those channels are actually still around. Yeah, for real. Which is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Remember when cable first became a thing and everybody was rushing to get cable? Yeah, we saw that day, yeah, oh you yeah. know, and yeah. that was like, wow, you know. Well, how about having to get up to turn the channel? <laughs> you know, we got we got actually got to turn the conversation because you know people are going to think I'm ready for you know the nursing home. <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> so. Well, that's the thing too is like your generation, I feel like really didn't adapt to the technology, or I should say they're very slow to adapt to the technology. They, it, it's hard for them to learn the newer technology. But you're you don't fall into that category at all. I feel like you are on top of what's going on. Well, I have to be. Yeah. I have to be to be relevant. And you know the the stigma that the old that. The older generation doesn't adapt to technology. That would be um, that would be as irresponsible as saying the younger generation is all one way or another. Right? You know, yeah. Because every generation has its has its pioneers and its its fall behinds. You know, there are some people in my generation that will never own a computer or never be on social media, and yet because of the industry that I'm in, you know, I mean, I do. 80% 80% of my work on a computer mm-hmm. and social media is very pertinent. So I have to learn. Does that mean I've mastered it? No. <laughs> Thankfully, I've got a lot of peers that, that have mastered it and, you know, they help me through and, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, the, uh, the savviest on social media, uh, but I'm not the worst either. So, right. You know, your way around, I know my way around. Right. And it's always growing and evolving, but that's the type of person I am. I mean, I love my history. Okay, I love where I've come from, but I'm less interested on where I've been than I am on where I'm going. You know, it's kind of like our friend A.O. You know, A.O. is of the future. Well, I'm of the future, too. You know, I'm Frank Frank Lloyd Wright, the the famous architect. They asked him what was his favorite work. And he said, my next one. You know, Mm -hmm. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Keep moving and keep moving. Yeah. What's new? What's next? Big ups to our boy A.O. He's out there <laughs> doing some great things. Yeah, he is. Love that, man. Yes. Chris Mazzotti checking in. He says, MVCC still teaches black and white darkroom stills. Cool. So, yeah, cool. That's, that's cool. I never knew that. Yep. 
And I think it's important that people, because you said you're part of history, right? You you like your history. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's important for people that are learning photography or learning any kind of trade or any kind of industry, they should learn the history of that thing that they're learning. Oh, I agree. You know, I agree. Whether it's the music business or photography or radio or any of that, television, whatever it is, nursing, you should know the history and the origins of that you know, job. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting because I had that conversation with a young person before about music. Um, you can listen to any genre of music and find, like, like, let's take somebody who is, like, incredibly great at, a, at an instrument, guitar, drums, or whatever. You know, these people, if you look back at their history, okay, they studied the classics. You know, they, they're proficient in the basics. They didn't just pick up a guitar and start doing all sorts of crazy riffs on it. I mean, they started from day one. They might have been in elementary school plucking away on an acoustic guitar. They, they went through the ropes. They learned the basics. They didn't get to where they are by skipping the basics, you know? Yeah, and I tell musicians that all the time. You should know your history. Yeah. It's important. It really is. Know where you come from, you know? Knowing your roots. Absolutely. That's what I love about this area because it's so deeply rooted. Yeah, yeah, it is. There's a lot of history here, and um, and I like that. I grew up in Hudson, New York, uh-huh. which... um is an old whaling port. In fact, Hudson only lost by a couple of votes being the capital of New York State, to oh. Albany. And, um, and so history, it's named after Henry Hudson. Uh, the Hudson River goes right through it. It's been renovated. A lot of people, it's two hours north of New York City, and so a lot of uh, restaurants, art galleries, um, really high-end money have come into Hudson. And uh, all down the main drag, which is called Warren Street, you'll see, like, some really great restaurants, art galleries, furniture stores, clothing stores. I mean, it's really it's a great day trip for people that don't grow up there, and for people that did grow up there, it's a great weekend getaway. Oh, very yeah. cool. I never explored Hudson. Oh, you all. should you should do that. Yeah? Yeah, it's got a great art uh, center to it. It's got a great, uh, it's got a lot of great stuff, and, and we can talk more about that, but uh, it's definitely a worthwhile trip. You spent some time in New Pulse, too. You went to school there? Yeah, I went to college. At was New it Pulse. a hip happening town back then, too? It, it always was. So it, it yeah, always like was we there. talked before, I think the original Woodstock was held in New Pulse. Well, Socrates. Yeah. Right it, area. Just, it's just the same. off that area. I knew it's the, north the, of there, right? Yeah, well, I knew the plot of land where, where it actually happened. But, um, yeah, New Pulse is, is a great a great place. That's a great place to explore, too. It's very artsy, and they had a good music scene back then as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the music scene back then when I was going to college, like even in Herkimer here where I went, I, I'm from Hudson, but I came, I followed a girl. <laughs> she went to, she Isn't went that to, how it always happens? Uh, yeah. <laughs> she, she went to Mog Valley Community College. I went to HCCC for photography. Okay. Well, back then, I mean, I'm trying to think of, of like Todd Hoban. We used to see him all the time. Still around. Mix. I know. I see that. And uh, New York Flyer. Yeah, yeah, um, legendary. Yeah, who was, who was the band that Ronnie um, – Ronnie Lee. Ronnie Lee was with. What was the name of the band he was with? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, I see. I see. He's, he's friends with uh, my, my friend Greeley Ford and Classified. But um, they all look up to him from back in the day. I've talked to. But him. I saw him. I talked to him in in a place. It's called Silverados now. I think I don't even know if it's still open, but it used to be called the Rustic Inn in Herkimer. In Herkimer. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I mean, here's the thing. We used to have that whole big band thing. You know, like Boston Foreigner Sticks. You know, and a lot of the bands locally were like them mm-hmm. and they would come they do mixers at the college you know then the drinking age changed i don't think they do mixers anymore and but the bars the local bars all had these bands and i mean to, to actually go you know out on a weekend night and hear these live bands it's just not that way anymore oh it's yeah. not no well it, it is but it's not what it used to be right uh what what's lacking around here is uh Venues, yeah, it's lacking around. Right, the talent is still there. In fact, oh, I absolutely. think the talent has been off the charts around here lately. Yeah, There's yeah, so many great bands. Well, that's why. What's the? Um, I'm drawing a blank because I wasn't thinking about it prior. But the uh, the summer uh, thing, Lynn Michelinie used to put it on. A uh, Utica Monday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'd get all that talent in. I mean, it was great that where there was a a lack of it, somebody brought it back. You know. Because there, there is a lot of talent here to showcase. And they have the Levitt Amp Series, too, that comes right. on on Monday with Michelle. Right. She's doing a great thing over there. Oh. But there, like, what isn't she doing great right? for Utica? But there's so much music going on, and it's just – it's summertime, you can find it everywhere. Right. And there's concerts, festivals. There's mm-hmm. so much going on. And now with Lakeview Amphitheater right here in our backyard in Syracuse, we don't have to go to SPAC anymore. We don't have to go all the way to Darien Lake. We've got our own amphitheater right, right here. 
And hopefully soon down the road there will be one here in Utica as well. Well, I, I think, you know, when there's an interest and, and there's an opportunity, somebody with the initiative will bring it forth. Yeah. It's just the way it happens. What are you listening to these days? In far as music? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to bore you with that, no, but I, I don't I, think so. I listen to a lot of gospel music. Yeah, yeah. I sing in a, in a gospel quartet. Whoa! Yeah. What range? Bass. You, yeah, you're a I, bass. I guy? sing bass, but you know, I kind of talk baritonish. Depends, you know. Uh huh. But uh, yeah. No, I love the music. I love the message, and uh, I and I sing in our church choir. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a, such an experience to walk in on something like that. Oh, absolutely. In, in, in a choir and it's a party it really is and we have a lot of laugh. word of love too, yeah and it's a, it's a beautiful thing yeah you know that's a message that gets you know there's like there's certain things you can't talk about with people yeah. because um actually you know it's, it's probably one of the most gratifying experiences for me is when i come across a person that i can actually talk to real you know not like i gotta watch what i say right. or like any topic because i mean you'd have a hard time offending me uh-huh. um i take people Same. yeah i take people you know at face value and it's like you know what you believe is what you believe and uh you know some of the things i might agree with some of the things i might not agree with but who cares you know it's not my job to be the filter of what you should or shouldn't believe and so within that capacity i can talk to you about any topic any topic and, and and i'm not patting myself on the back but i don't know that there's too many people that you can do that with um because again then we get into social stigmas and what's and that stupid word politically correct what you can and can't talk about right you know if you're thinking it we should be able to talk about it right. <laughs> so but and that started up in the 90s. I know everybody thinks it just started, but politically correct, that became like a phrase back in the 90s yeah. when Clinton was running for office. Yeah. When it, back with the Clinton-Bush, that's when the whole family values and politically correct, and that started to come into preference. And now it's just – it's so blown out of proportion. Now. Right. It is. Well, it seems like, like it used to be a defense mechanism. Now it's a sword. Mm-hmm. Now it's something people attack people with. And, and it's really too bad because in a way it's almost communistic – because if, if I if I rally to shutting down your self-expression, I mean, what I'm a communist. I mean, that's what they do. Seriously. They tell you what you can think and what you can digest and what you can read and what you can consume, and that's just not the way it should be. Yeah. And, again, that under the guise of, like, like for me, again, being a Christian, I mean, I believe in an ultimate judge in that. And so that's his job is to do that. It's not my job, you know. Yep. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah. So. Only the higher being can judge us, right? Yeah, 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 because uh, we're not qualified. You know, I'm I, I'm just as guilty. If if I were to judge you of, about anything, I'm probably guilty of six other things. Yeah. So, like, that kind of just qualifies. Yeah, imagine of. going before a judge for a speeding violation. Okay, and meanwhile, he's got a court date coming up in two weeks for Grand Theft Auto. Okay, who would he be to sit there and pass judgment on you, you know? So that's kind of how I think about it. So, mm-hmm. yep. That's what we try to preach around here a little bit. You know, it, it be kind to others, you know, and just do unto others what you would like to be done to you. Is the old phrase. From the that. golden rule. Yeah, the golden yep. rule. Or, as I like to put it, stop being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's always an immediate reaction. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but that's some of the stuff that we'd like to get across around here. And, you know, the world is so divided, and the country is so divided. The world is divided, too. It's not just the country, but... Where there's just like no compromise anymore, and it's like my way or nothing else, and nobody listens to each other, and, and it's just, it, it, I, I feel like we've hit this portal of just dumbness, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I agree with that, and I think the sad thing is, is that I think I think people look at the events of the world and and think two things: one, they think it's momentary, and two, they think it's because of this, that, or or someone. Okay, they, like they would cast blame that it, well, it's happening because of he or she, or it's happening because of this. The two things I think is one, I don't think it's just an event that's here and it's going to pass away. Like I don't think changing anything through an election is going to alter it. I think right. humankind is escalating like technology is towards worse and worse and worse. Right. Now, now I do look for the good in people. I look for the good in situations. But I'm not an idiot either. I mean, I can step back from the scene and say, you know what, there is a lot of chaos going on in this world. And it doesn't seem to be 
truthfully related to any one person or any one event. It's almost like it's happening to all of us simultaneously, the same way technology is in a way. And, um, you know, I just think I think people need to do more inward, inward work than outward work, you know. Again, again, I don't keep. I'm gonna throw scripture at you, but the the one that keeps saying, you know, you see the uh, speck in your brother's eye, but you miss the log in your own eye. First, take the log out of your own eye, and you'll see your brother more clearly. Well, the whole idea is, you know, I can sit here and go through, you know, all the things that are pros and cons about you, but it's better to take a look at yourself. You know, is the world a bad place? Well, it's it's getting worse. Well, how are you operating in it? You know, when somebody does something to you, how do you react? You know, do you do you turn the other cheek or do you vent back towards them? And again, I don't want to come across like a saint. You know, I've had people cut me off on the road. Or yeah, but do these things. are all great words that you're. Yeah, but saying. do things on the roads that just get me so ticked off. And you know, sometimes I'll say things in the car that I might not say publicly. You know? <laughs> so I'm human too. But uh, but you have to check yourself first. Right. You know, and then then you'll see things other people a little bit more clearly because we're, we're, none of us are perfect. None of us. You know, we're, we're all scarred and we're all. You know, working it out the best we can, suiting up every day, trying to do the best we can. So, but that's that's actually like how I operate, and it's what I try to bring into my business. Try to how I try to live at home. You know, I try to be consistent all the way across the board. You know, I know a, a great leadership mentor named John Maxwell who said, if you want to know what a person's really like, ask his wife, ask his kids, ask those closest to him. Because, you know, when the guard is down, how they operate is how they truly are. You know, and so I want to I be the same guy in public that I am in private and the same guy in private that I am in public, you know. Absolutely. And I screw up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both are. Well, you're human. It's, it's human nature to screw up. Yeah. We're naturally, like, aggressive, if you will. Or, yeah. Or na- we're naturally going to screw up. We're human. That's how. That's well, what, how what's your biggest Achilles heel? What's, what's the thing that gets you in trouble more than anything? What gets me in trouble? Yeah, the most. Thing. <laughs> we really want to go there. I, I have some vices, of course. No, I didn't ask that. I mean, like I was going to say, the thing for me is my mouth. Oh, of course. Yeah, because I'm like quick-witted. Mm-hmm. You know, and things sometimes things come out, and I'm like, oh, man, I didn't even think about that, and it just came out. Like, like if you throw a jab at me, like insult me on something, I, I have a comeback. Yeah, <laughs> it's you're like, coming back. Oh, yeah, and sometimes it's not like, like you just hit me with a feather, and I knocked you out, and I'm like, well, that was overboard, Carl. You know? <laughs> so you would probably be good on a roast panel. Yeah, probably. Yeah? Yeah. Have you ever thought about participating in one? We need to roast somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's off. Yeah. You got somebody what, in mind? Yeah. <laughs> what else do you roast? What do you mean? What What other things are roasted? Uh, is this a joke? No, well, no. I'm talking, I'm talking like uh, like a roast panel. Like a yeah, yeah, yeah. Roast. And I'm using the word roast mm-hmm. it, it, to take it like you want to roast somebody. Okay, so what other things can you think of that are roasted? Pork. Coffee. Coffee. Okay. Does it bring anybody to mind? Frank. Frank a lot. You think you'd do it? No. Find a charity to get him. Oh, that'd be great, though. Well, that's how you do it. You do a roast for charity. I, I, yeah. They roasted me back in, like, 2010. Or Did like, they really? Yeah, it was the funniest night of my life. Oh, I, I like watching some of the Dean Martin roasts. Oh, the best. Absolutely. The best. The classic ones are great. Yeah. Don Rickles is one of my all-time favorite comedians. Well, he was probably one of the most sarcastic comedians ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he basically he made his entire career out of insulting people. In every race. He would go after. Yeah. He went after the blacks, the Italians, the Jews, the Puerto Ricans. He went after everybody. You got it. Yeah. No fear of that guy. No. No fear. <laughs> I'd like to see how he'd be ap- – actually, I, would he even be popular today? Well, he, he recently passed away, what, two, three no, years ago? No, but if he were if he were contemporary. He was working all the way till the day he died. Gosh. Can yeah. you believe that? He was going 90-something, well into his 90s. He was still working. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Wow. He just had to drive. He had to go, 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 and mm-hmm. that's, that's what he was born to do. But the, some of those roasts are classic. They are. I mean, we talked about before we went on air our favorite all-time television show, which uh-huh. is The Honeymooners. Oh. And Jackie Gleason hits a couple home runs on some of those roasts from back in the yeah. day. Yeah, what's so funny, because his character on The Honeymooners, Ralph Cramden, mm-hmm. was like the uh, eternal loser. You know, right. talked a big game, yeah. never succeeded. Would gamble, would yeah. constantly lose. And yet Jackie Gleason was wildly successful right. and popular. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was He was, uh, He was. was great, you know. Great job. Really, yeah. Art Carney was my favorite. Too. Oh. <laughs> Ed Norton was like one of the greatest supporting roles ever on television. It was so funny. Just watching him prepare to like write a letter. 
or or to do anything. The golf know? swing. <laughs> oh, the golf swing. Uh, like all of that, all that. But the, the what did you say? Oh, Buttercup. <laughs> I know he's looking for Lulu when he's sleepwalking. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. We could do a whole podcast. Oh, uh, yeah. In fact, maybe we should one of these days. That would be fun. Sit down some night and just talk about the Honeymooners because I get to talk about the Honeymooners. Yeah, if you could queue up, like, different scenes like that and that we could actually show the scene and then talk about it, that would be a riot. Yeah. That, like, back in the day, that was my comfort, comfort zone. Like, the Honeymooners used to come on, like, right after the nightly news, like, at yeah. 11 o'clock. And yeah, right, right. And the Honeymooners would come on on the rerun, and it would be done by midnight. And just, like, by the end, and that theme song would go off, like it, it would put me right to sleep. You know, it's funny because uh, going back to age, like, if I were watching the Honeymooners on MeTV, it would say, like, original broadcast, 19... 19- 64 or whatever. 55. 55, yeah. yeah. it was in the 50s. Yeah, yeah. And so they were actually broadcast before I was born in 59. But there's some shows where it's like, we'll look at it, and, you know, it'll be original broadcast, 1967. And my, my son will be like, wow, that's old. I was like, yeah, I saw it when it was live. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the one last thing about the Honeymooners, like, we couldn't help notice like how, how rude, I mean, just the way it was back then. Uh, Ralph said some pretty rude things to Alice. All the time. But I'll tell you what, nobody stood toe-to-toe with him like Alice did. Mm-hmm. She gave it right back to him. Did. It was funny. Classic, classic. Yep. That kind of set the tone for all these modern-day television shows, too. Yeah. The, the, the family-oriented, the husband and wife kind of bickering at each other. Sure. That, that kind of set the tone for a lot of that stuff. You know, and it's funny how because sarcasm is actually one of the funniest forms of comedy, really. Absolutely. You know, I mean, who is more sarcastic than Frank on Everyone Loves Ray- Everybody Loves Raymond? Right. Okay, and he was the best character on the whole show. Uh-huh. And, and, I mean, most of his comments were, like, really, really degrading, you know. <laughs> but we laugh, you know. Yeah. So. A lot of sarcasm out there, for sure. I got a Ph.D. in it, but sometimes it comes out and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, so you I, know. I'm trying to work on how I talk to people. I, I, I try to. I try to. I've said some. I've said some things that I, I actually, you know what, I I think the thing I've gotten better at is making it a direct point to go and apologize, like, right away and just clean it up because, uh, and they've always been gracious about it. I mean, I don't want to give you the wrong impression. It's not like, you know, six times a day I'm <laughs> sending out, the, you know, apology cards. But uh, What's the best advice somebody ever gave you? The best advice somebody ever gave me. Um, gosh, there's a few things that come to mind. I remember when, you know, this girl that had I followed up to to college, she actually broke up with me in high school, you know, and, and I still followed her to college after we got back together again, only to have her do it again. But um, I remember my father, I, you know, I was 17 years old, you know, heartbroken, and he said, this too shall pass, you know. And that's, that's a, a line, I guess, from Shakespeare or something. But, um, you know, that was – Everything passes, you know, so we, we can't take our successes or our failures too much to heart because things pass. You know, our failures, you know, we'll, we'll ride again. And our successes, you know, don't don't get too filled with yourself because, right. you know, there can be fleeting. And then a college roommate of mine, who's still today a close friend of mine, when I bought my first photography studio, he told me, he said, be careful of the small expenses. And I was like. What do you mean? He says, if, if you decide that you need to buy some equipment or it's time to buy a car, I mean, you're going to talk to a bank. You know, you're going to sort this out. You're going to manage that. He said, but the thing that you're not going to pay any attention to is $5 for lunch here, $20 for dinner here, a new this for there, a new this for there, the little things that you're not going to be thinking about, and, but you're going to be leaking money, you know, drip, drip, drip. And before you know it, you're not going to have any. And uh, that was that was good advice. So excellent advice. Yeah, save your pennies. Yeah, and and you see, even today, like when I was growing up, the, the, they didn't have credit cards, and if they did, I'd never heard of them. You know, but now, gosh, they're like shoving credit cards at people left and right. Oh yeah, and credit card debt is huge. It's a cancer. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. We well, all have it. We well, all no, have it yeah. because you know we're all human, and we all. You know, have that SOS, that shiny object syndrome. You know, seriously. I, I mean, I'm a gadget guy. I love, I love gadgets. And you know, it's not just photography gadgets. I love woodworking, and there's always a tool that I'm interested in. Um, I like to cook. There's always, there's always some gadget out there that gets my attention. You know, 
What's the gadget nowadays that you you got your eyes on? Oh, do you know what Craig K R E G? No. Do you ever hear of that? Uh-huh. Do you know what a pocket hole is? No. Okay, it's a way of joining wood together, where it actually you drill a pocket, um, at a forty-five degree angle into a piece of wood, and then when you join it to the other piece of wood, it's actually a stronger joint. So it's like a Dremel or something. Or it's not a Dremel. It's a jig. So what like a jig is? Jig? It's a form. That you follow, you know, there's this drill with a stop on it, so you go just so deep into it, and you just you put your wood in, clamp it down, and you drill into this jig to the precise depth, and you put two in, and then there's screws made for it that you then screw it into the piece that you're joining. Um, and uh, so pocket, pocket up holes and, and joining wood with pocket screws is kind of that. So I think Interesting. I would get one. Are you going to get one? Eventually. Probably, yeah. yeah is I, woodworking your thing? Oh, I love to do woodworking. No, you know what I love about woodworking, too? It's it's like um, when I go on Adirondack trips, you know, and photograph scenic images and stuff, I, I photograph for myself. Now, I've been fortunate, you know, Facts in St. Luke's and a lot of other places in the area have a lot of my scenic images on their wall up to eight feet wide, which is really cool to, to see, you know, something that massive of your own work. But um, I photograph that based on where I'm at and what I see, what I love. When I'm, if I were doing your portrait, you know, I still have a lot of flexibility with that because you're going to trust me, you know, with my, you know, 38 years of skill and ability. You're going to trust me in what I think about how to photograph you. But I still have to take into consideration how you feel about it mm-hmm. um, and what you want to get out of it and what your, what your interests are and, and how you want to be photographed. Like if, if you're a guy that likes to smile in pictures and everything I take of you is a straight face, you're not going to like that. But but I, actually with your particular look, I don't see a big smile. You know, I could see something really artsy and, and deep and dramatic and then cracking up laughing. <laughs> I could be a human sushi tra- table. There you go. How about that? Yeah, right. <laughs> but the, but so then the, the distinction between what I photograph for myself and what I photograph for someone else. When I do woodworking um, – my daughters had, had things that they wanted me to build, like bookcases, mm-hmm. or um, I did, made this rocking cradle when my first grandson was born, um, and they had a, a big German shepherd, so I put it up. It was a, on stilts, like it was a, a rocker, and on a stand so that the dog wouldn't be able to. If it was a cradle on the floor, the dog would be giving the kid a bath the whole time. So uh, I made that, but I told them, when I make these, I'm going to make it the way I want to make it. Mm-hmm. And... If you like it, it's yours, and if you don't like it, you can go to uh, you know Pottery Barn Kids and buy one for yourself. <laughs> but that's the thing. The woodworking I do for myself, I don't want to do it where I've got to meet someone else's requirements or somebody else's standards. So right. I think you need things like that. The creative outlet. Yeah, right? yeah, and you need to be able to create. Um, and I'll tell you, I've, I've thrown more things out than I've made, but um, – but that's my prerogative, you know, and that's I, I like that. My wife is a, an artist. She's a painter and a potter, and uh, you know she, you know, will go in and do a session in the pottery studio, throwing bowls and everything. And she has her own concept, her own design. And uh, I've tried to tell her too, you know, don't always. I mean, people will say they want a big bowl, but I said leave it there. Then whatever design you actually put on it, leave it up to yourself. You're the artist. You so. do pottery with her. I do sometimes. I, I tease sometimes. Like I'll I'll take a bowl that I threw. You know, we you always sign the bottom of your pot, and it's like I say, wow, hon, this is um, man, this is incredible. This this I think this very well may be one of your better bowls and like that. And she's looking at me with that eye because she knows I'm full of it. And I turn it over, and it's got my name on the bottom. It was one I threw, <laughs> <laughs> but no, she's way better than I am. She's actually, she's actually pretty incredible. Okay, my wife was the second woman at the university of nebraska to get her doctorate degree in education wow yeah wow okay i got a bachelor's okay so yeah so and she graduated as a k-12 art teacher you know she did some administrative stuff in her career but her heart is in teaching and in in education and uh, she even today i built her a pottery studio out at our farm and she still has students that she teaches oh very cool she stays very active in it oh yeah, yeah 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 She stays active in everything. How long have you guys been married? 20 years. 20 years? Yeah, it's a second marriage for both of us. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. We live on 172 acres with uh, three horses. Gosh, at one time we had like 20 horses, three dogs, two cats. Really? Yeah. But life. Hey, life. that country life is good life. 
It is. Being it is. out of the way, it's nice and quiet out yeah. there. Yeah, we hardly ever space. use our stove. we got a wood stove. We cook breakfast, lunch, and dinner on it. <laughs> so it's pretty easy. Get away from society a little bit. You've got your space. You can run around your backyard naked if you wanted to. Yeah. So like just having your space is key. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I don't think, like, I, I lived in, you know, streets before. I grew up on a street. Uh, when I moved here to Herkimer, I lived on a street. When we got married, I moved out to the country. She's pretty much been a country girl most of her life. Mm-hmm. And um, I think if I ever tried to put her on a street, um, I don't think that would happen. Yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> she, being, needs, she needs your land. Being out there probably has that creative outlet for you, too. Just being out in the country is probably some inspiration being out there for you. Yeah, right? absolutely. You run, absolutely. You run around your property taking pictures? Naked, yeah. <laughs> 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 no, no. Yeah, I do. Because, again, down in the woods and everything, we have, you know, quite a few different types of animals that come through. A lot of deer, coyotes. I saw a bear there once, you know. Did you really? Yeah, absolutely. Big one? Uh, medium size, I'd say, you know. Hmm. But, you know, he was long distance away, too. But uh, I guess if he got closer, he or she got closer, it'd be a lot bigger. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I, I like it down in the woods. We have a, a creek that comes through, and uh, that feeds into Kaiser Lake, which is about a three-mile-long lake. Um, so yeah, there's a lot to see there. You know what? You know what I think the biggest part about living in the country is. Again, you look at t- today, and you look at how busy we are. Now we were just talking before this broadcast how busy you are. We've got nine million things. A cluttered mind. It's really, it's hard to focus, Oh yeah, you know, and to be distracted. You get so distracted. And when you get out in the country and you get quiet and you get still, you know, you can really start to, like, actually feel yourself, think again, and breathe again. And that's important. I don't think a lot of people are taking time these days to deliberately get out of the fray for a while. Um, I say this with the portraits of women that I do, you know, you only get one you. Okay, you don't have a spare Anthony in the closet. No, really. God, I do want a clone, though. I know, but you don't want a clone. What you need to do is you need to actually wedge out that time for you to restore yourself because you are a man of service. You are a man of vision. You are a man of accomplishment, and that's that's motivates you in life, and that's a good thing. But there isn't a spare Anthony in the closet, so you've got to take care of Anthony so that you can continue doing the things you want to do for the long run, and that's important. I take it for granted but I get out, I get in the country all the time, you know, first thing in the morning I go out, I feed the horses, you know, and even that's kind of like, you know, on one hand it can feel like a drudgery, like if it's pouring rain out and windy, okay, that's a drudgery, but on a nice morning, you know, the sun, I took a sunset, a sunrise picture the other morning and just threw it up on Instagram, I mean, it was a, and a lot of people have commented that they saw the same thing, that what a glorious morning it was, when you're out there and you see that, Okay, that's a different thing to feed your soul on than than waking up to noise and chaos and all that stuff. So, and we have a choice in the matter. Yeah. So I, I just think we need to exercise that choice. You're right. You're yeah. right. You get out there and have that me time is super important. Self love, yeah. right? And kind of taking care of your body and breathing, clearing your mind a little bit. Right. Do you meditate? Yeah. Do you? Yeah, but um, not like um. Not like sit there in position and breathe. Right, right. I mean, uh, what I do is I um, I meditate on scriptural verses that I read in the morning. Every morning we do a, a biblical devotional. It's just part of our lifestyle. But um, I've been kind of fascinated lately by this whole how your mind works, and I've read a lot of stuff about that. And, um, you know, I, I heard for years that we only use like 5% of our brain capacity. Right. But I... And I think that may be true, but I also think it may be something else. So much of what we do in the course of our day, we do subconsciously. We do it by habit. Like even as you drove over here, um, you know how to get here. You've done it a million times. Routine. Yeah, you were thinking about other things. You weren't thinking about driving. True. Okay, so you were doing that subconsciously. And so I think that 95% 95% of what we do in the course of the day is subconscious. We rarely have conscious moments. Now, a conscious moment can come to you very quickly. Let's say you get up in the middle of the night to use the restroom and you bash your foot on the bedpost, okay? Conscious moment, okay? You become very uh, consciously aware of pain, okay? Um, but they also say that our habits come from that subconscious as well. And so if you want to change your habits, you have to tap into the subconscious. Well, w- one thing that I've heard is that where our mind is the most um, 
receptive to reprogramming is in what's called the theta state. So like right now, we're at an alpha state. We're wide awake and that. Then you have beta states. And the theta state is that state where you just before you fall asleep, they say that your mind is very um, fertile for information. And so what I did is I thought if you can listen to a evening meditation um, or an affirmation, if you will, um, on pods or something at that time of the night, that could be, like, greatly beneficial to you in reprogramming your thought life, okay? Because think about it. If you take – if you want to know what you're thinking about, look at what the actions are in your life. And if you think about it, a thought precedes an action. So if you look at your actions and you're not pleased with what your actions are, consider what your thoughts are. And if you don't like what your thoughts are, then you have to go to what are your core beliefs. Well, if you want to change those core beliefs, you're going to have to do some reprogramming. And so I thought, well, if these meditations and these affirmations actually can help with that, how much more powerful would it be if it were in your own voice? Hmm. So yeah. Other ways you think you can rewire your brain other than, like, meditation? And oh, well, I think, I think um, yeah, actions that you take. Yeah. Do, you know, like, if you, put, if you wrote out uh, a course of actions that you wanted to take, that you wanted to produce – you know, deconstruct those actions into steps and then, you know, write it out so that you actually follow it. Exercise is a perfect example of that. If you want to change your body type, I mean, John Bartholomew would be a better one to talk about than me. But, I mean, I've been around the block a few times. I mean, I've been to all the gyms and all that stuff. So the thing is, if you wanted to reprogram your body, okay, take a look at your diet. Take a look at your exercise. Mm -hmm. Take a look at your rest. Take a look at your water intake. Okay, now you can start to say, well, what would be a better alternative? And you can actually write those out. And then instead of grabbing the cup of coffee, which is a diuretic, grab a bottle of water. You know, things like that. So I think you can, you can make a conscious decision to change some of your behaviors. And then, of course, it takes discipline from there. Yeah. Yeah. That's the key thing is discipline. I've stopped, I've, I try to stop bantering with myself about whether I feel like doing it or not. You know, just do it. And shut right. up. Do it and shut up. You know, cause That's how I feel about with going to the gym every morning. It's yeah. I, you make it part of my routine. You know, I make it like a job. Like I have to get up in the morning to go to the gym and then come home and then do the rest yeah. of the day. And just make it part of the routine. I just wish it's, – it's funny how you're always glad you did after you do it. For sure. I, sometimes I have to fight myself to get there. But always. But the, the yeah. second I'm on that treadmill for the warm-up, I'm like, I'm so glad I'm here. Yeah, but, you know, that's a human thing, though, too, because, like – you would think, because I told you I'm a Christian, that prayer is just natural for me. Some and Bible reading is natural for me. I can't even tell you how many times I have to like force myself to just sit down and do my reading, mm -hmm. because it's a discipline, and right. and I don't care what the topic is. Discipline. Some people are highly disciplined, and some people aren't. I'm not. I have to force feed myself a lot. Same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why accountability partners are so great. You know, because you support each other. You know, one one day of the week, you know, I'm motivated to go and you're not. End of the week, you are and I'm not. So we help each other. Yeah. Is that your wife? Is she your accountability partner? Well, I think there's different roles for that. There's certain things that she can't be my accountability partner for. Gotcha. You know, and I've got a friend. He's an older Christian gentleman. We'll be meeting tomorrow. We meet every Thursday. And we're accountability partners because there's certain topics that you're just going to talk to to another guy about. And not because... Not because I have secrets from my wife, but because it's just, you know, there's certain things that, like, she, she has a walking friend that they, they went walking this morning. And I know that there's certain things that they'll talk about that she might not want to talk about with me. And it's not bad. It's not wrong. You know, like, like I, twice a year I go on an Adirondack uh, hiking, fishing, camping trip with the guys. Three, four, or five days, twice a year. That's it, you know. It just wouldn't be the same with me and, like, three girls, you know. Right. It's like, just go with the guys. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, they, society's made that wrong now, you know. So, yeah. So, there, yeah. So, but I think, I think accountability. And actually, accountability can have a stigma. Like, like I'm going to hold you to task. Totally. But it's not. It's, it's an, I think maybe an encourager, encouragement partner. There you go. Yeah. Change the word. Yeah. Because, you know, what? we all need encouragement. None of us is spot on all the time True. nobody yeah although i you know some people i know are pretty impressive that way yeah no doubt yeah there are some impressive people in this area totally if you could go back in time and give yourself some advice what would you tell yourself oh uh buy apple 
<laughs> yeah. Buy Apple? Buy Apple. Yeah. Buy Microsoft. What year would you buy Apple in? Well, I started in 1982. Uh-huh. You know, and I'll tell you, they, they, they went up, and then they went down. Right. They got and then they up. went way up. You know, buy Sony. You know, Sony stock is through the roof. You know, buy gold. You know, I think Precious gold. Metals, yeah, yeah, gold. Gold was selling for something like I don't know, sixteen dollars an ounce, way back when. You know, and the last time I looked, it was something like sixteen hundred dollars an ounce or something wow. crazy. Yeah, yeah, diversify the portfolio. So, but that's you know, gosh, that or you know, I think I think something I might have done too is I think I might have gotten onto the teaching circuit a lot earlier. You know. Got into the game late? In terms of teaching, like, this online course business. Oh, I yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm starting to get into that. Okay. And I think, um, I think that that would have been something I could have gotten into 10 years earlier, mm-hmm. you know. I get it. But, you know, we get into what we get into when we get into it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't look backwards too many times because um, I can't change that, but I, I, I can start now, you know. So excellent words. Yeah, thanks. That's true. So when how when did you start this? So we're coming up. In fact, I'm glad you asked that. Tomorrow is our third anniversary. Sweet. Tomorrow was our launch date three years ago in 2017. That's fantastic. January 30th, 2017, we launched EC Radio and uh, it radio because we started off as an internet radio station and we were playing like music and stuff like that. But then we evolved into this uh, podcast webcasting thing. And I've uh, made a b- bunch of serious changes. In fact, we started the podcast in that little room really? right in there. Wow. And uh, we knocked out some walls in here and turned it into these two studios that we have in here now. And, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it just keeps growing. And it was so cool because Utica is really growing. It is. You know? I mean, and there's so many good things going on. You know? I, I don't know how, how oblivious I can be to some things, though. I was coming through the parkway to get over here, uh-huh. and there's, like, you know, the Utica Welcome Center going up. Yeah. I, I didn't even know about it. See, it's I, the zoo I you're about, talking about, right? Is that where it is? It's the Utica Zoo? It's it's right there on the zoo. Yeah, on the zoo property. Is it part of the zoo initiative? Uh, I think so. I'm not really too okay. sure. In fact, Mark Simon's a friend, and he's going to be coming on the podcast. That's a crazy building. I mean, that thing is huge. Right? See, I live it out in Dowdsville. Yeah, I live in Dowdsville, so, like, just short of Dowdsville. So, like, I'm here during the day. I do my work, and then I'm out of the area. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't catch a lot of the local news, but... There's a lot of good things happening on, you know, in the in the area. We got that ten million dollars now to do some work downtown. Yeah, the that's exciting. That's, yeah, there's a lot of cool things. The thing I like about it too is the young kids are staying around and they're not leaving. They're not jumping ship like you know my generation jumped ship as quick as they could. Yeah, you know, as soon as they got out of high school, boom, they're gone. Right. Where these kids today are actually staying, they get out of high school and they're going to Utica College or going to you know MVCC or they're staying local. They're not, yeah, they're not bouncing to other states and, and some of them are doing really cool things in the community. There's a lot of young kids doing some positive things in this community. It's great to see. Well, I tried to. I was hoping to circle around back to you because the compliment about the, all the good things that are happening in the area. I think the timeliness of what you're doing is fantastic. Thanks, man. No, really, because I mean to have these. All these different podcasts you're doing to have this live presence in the community in a broadcast arena is <laughs> it's super. Thanks, man. Yeah, I love it. Appreciate it. Appreciate the kind words. Adeline saying huge growth in three years. It's true. It has been a lot of growth. We've changed so much. And we keep evolving. And we're going to continue to evolve. We're about to launch another show coming up after the Super Bowl with our boys, Bill and Ryan Vincey from the Empire Plate, when we just launched the ghost hunting show. And Heather's killing it on Unstoppable You. Isn't she amazing? I love Heather. She's oh, and you know, when she brings the whole uh, Puerto Rico end of it into play, too, it becomes global then. Yeah, you know? for sure. No, she's a super individual. She is. Yeah. She is. And then Meg's killing it on, on um, leveling up. With oh, with McGrogan, yeah. yeah Meg McGrogan in the Chamber of Commerce. So we've created a great relationship with them over there. and. Just a lot of cool things happening, and then the sports content that we have here on the D. Which yeah, let's go back to that with Megan for a second. Yeah, you know for what? sure. I mean, again, I've been around since 1982. So when I when I was new to the community, okay, I was 23 years old. And so the Chamber and things like the Chamber were these older, antiquated things. I mean, I had to get involved in them because it's kind of like what you did as a business owner. Right. But it was this, this stigma of, of being older and accomplished, okay? The chamber today, 
I mean, this is like, you know, the chamber of opportunity. <laughs> I mean, it's like what they're doing over there and the energy that they're bringing into the community. I think they've got a ribbon cutting like one every three seconds. <laughs> I mean, I mean it seems, yeah, it's crazy, though. But, I mean, and so even the timeliness of, of her presence there and ever, all the good work all the people at the chamber are doing uh, in the area, this is this is exciting times. The chamber is not that stuffy good old boy type of like old person like get off my lawn kid type of attitude anymore right you go to these events they're fun they're doing cool games or they they incorporate a lot of different activities into their events and and they spread the love all over the place all over the place they're spreading the love they're here they do meetups and anyways we we could go on and on on where they do their meetups but there's there's so many great things that the chamber of commerce is doing and it's all meg it's all meg and angela and and the crew down there yeah at the chamber of commerce you know why we're we're sharing all this love today i got to give a shout out to all my peeps at bni yes i know you you have been to those meetings you weren't there the day i was i know i know you know what i've i've missed two meetings in two years okay and one of them you're at but um you know, we've got, you know, if I start dropping names, I'm going to miss people, so I want to be careful. You know, I have to mention Steve Krabowski because we meet at the funeral home there. Those guys are gracious, do a great job. Great man, Steve. Yeah, you got guys like Steve Turnbull, Turnbull Insurance, five generations of great service. The Mar- Mike Martini, you know, the Caledonna family, Clinton Tractor. I mean, what a company that is, and community-minded. Oh, yeah. And it, it, the list goes on and on. We've got New York Sash, Rich Sakala, Dan Williams, William Spence. He was here, the, the Dan... Um, the Daniel Barton Mudfest. Barton Mudfest, well, yeah. I, I book all the bands for that. Actually. Yeah, and I'm going to be corralling groups of photographers to actually be oh, there great. to photograph the event for him. So, you know, um, and, and again, you know, the list goes on and on. I can mention everybody in the group. Um, and, and it's just, again, when I, when I first moved to the area, I was 23. I joined Rotary. I was the youngest guy in Rotary. Okay, I'm proud to say I'm the oldest person in BNI right now and then you know that title actually is up for grabs if they want to like bring a 70 year old in that's fine by me (laughs) but uh you welcome that the thing i love about it is it's like like you know mike martini clinton tractor he's 24 years old i I think i don't know if he said he's 23 or 24 but he's he's young steve turnbull's only like 25 you know now i'm the oldest and i'm you know going to these meetings with these people who are heavily involved in the community and i'll tell you what you know, Monday isn't the start of the week for me. Tuesday is. 7.30, Tuesday morning, my week starts because I get energized by all these creatives doing just great, great stuff. The energy in that room was remarkable. When yeah, I- and it's weekly. Yeah. It's weekly. Every week, it's the same thing. Yeah. In fact, tonight, that, that event, the, the Women's Expo over at the Delta Hotel, Travis Roberts is one of the sales managers over at, at the uh, Delta. Yeah. And um, so I'm going to get to see him, and I know there's going to be a lot of B&I people there. So it's in, just great. In fact, Travis just became a volunteer over at the Stanley. Yeah, there you so go. I just yeah. seen him the other day. We were hanging out, and it's cool. And if, this is something I want to get out there really quick, too. If there's any... People that are interested in volunteering at the Stanley, please come and hit us up. We're looking for some volunteers over there. I'm trying to get a little more youth into that place. Oh, absolutely. We got a lot of cool things happening, and there's a um, there's great concerts coming up, and of course Broadway Utica is doing some great things over there too. So, I'm trying to get some more people involved in the Stanley because that's the anchor, that's the gem of this city. Oh, it certainly is. It really is, and we've got so many great things, and we've got great people involved, and it's such a great family down there. But I want to get more people involved down there. So, if you're interested in volunteer at the Stanley, hit me up, or hit up anybody that is involved. Yeah, or, yeah, or I know you will. The Stanley themselves. <laughs> He's saying get Z an application, Carl, for BNI. I know, I know. The thing with BNI, and I want to do it so bad. Oh, I know what it is. It's well, we met for coffee the last time. You, you were like, we met at nine thirty. I mean, I like ready it. for lunch at nine thirty. Yeah. And you're like, I'm just getting up. You know. <laughs> well, I bet you go to bed that. a lot later than I do. It's not that. It's it's the uh, when summer when summertime comes rolling yeah. around. I'm gone. I'm on the road. Absolutely. And, and I'm, I don't have anybody that's going to sub for me. Mike Marone said he'd sub for me. Though. Mike Marone, <laughs> he's like the universal sub. <laughs> he's like, he's a great so kid. I love that dude yeah. so much. But, uh, you know, I'm definitely considering joining. It's just the time aspect of things. Well, you know, the and, thing. And here, too, is we're a two-man operation around yeah. here. There's, like, nobody else doing anything around here. Well, it's a lot easier for me. One, it's a quarter mile away from my studio. Two, I don't book too many portrait sessions at 730 in the morning. 
You know, so I get there 7.30 to 9, and then I go to work, and that, that works. My, my business is a scheduled business anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yours isn't. You know, I mean, it's, yeah, it's scheduled, but once you schedule it, it's morning, noon, and night. Yeah, man. It is, but what a great organization. It, like I said, that energy and the creativity in that room was unmatched. Just people were so excited, and we're talking about their products. And referral marketing is such a great way to get your stuff out there. And, like, Heather Beebe is a part of that. Absolutely. She does, like, her life coach stuff over there. And she says it's like a built-in sales team for her. Yeah, and, you know, you know the benefit, the, the thing that I really like about it is it's built on getting to know, like, and trust. I mean, so it's relationship building. You know, you're not going to go in there one week. Now, look, if I, if I happen to have a product, um, let's say your fish tank just blew up. Okay, and I sell fish tanks. Okay, well, yeah, you're probably going to talk to me, and I'll get you a fish tank by the afternoon. But it doesn't work like that all the time. I mean, usually it's a matter of getting to know somebody, right? getting to, to like them. Building that relationship. Right, building that relationship. And then you trust them so that even if you haven't done work with me, let's say you don't have a need for my particular product at a particular time, but you're talking to someone that does, you can refer me. Because you've gotten to a level of trusting me and know that I'll take care of them. That's, that's, that's great. That's what, you really, that's what you try to develop over time in mm-hmm. a community anyway. Yeah. Uh, this is just an organized thing. And, we, again, we wind up becoming encouragement partners for one another. So I love that word. Yeah. Instead of the accountability partners, yeah. Yeah. we're going to change that to encouragement partners. No, I think that's a good idea. I think so, yeah. too. We're gonna, this is going to be a movement that you started, Carl. I'm going to give there you full you credit on this. Well, just keep, keep in mind that encouragement sometimes hurts, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it to go from one extreme where accountability sounds like I'm calling you out all the time. Right. But then I'm encouraging. It means I can't call you out because sometimes the best thing I can do to encourage you is to give you a kick in the pants. You feel like and there's it, such thing as over-encouragement? Yeah, yeah, you got to know when to back off. Mm-hmm. You got it because get, at the end of the day, if you're not going to go to the gym, you're not going to go to the gym, right. and that's on you. Right. I'm going to go to the gym, you know. So that's where the accountability lays in. Exactly, <laughs> it's back to the log and the spec again. Yep. You know, I can't push you to do something; I can only push myself to do it. Yeah, no doubt. So no doubt. Well, Carl, we we, we ate up an hour. Did I, we really? I told you over an hour. Yeah. I, I told you once we get going. But I'd love to have you come back in. And, I'd love and, to be. And do a honey, Honeymooners podcast. I think that'd be a riot. I think so, too. You know, and the one thing that we have to tell people about, too, is yep. that, you know, you and I have got some things that we're scheming up about doing a photography podcast. Yep, yep. Uh, with some remote things, live audience, uh, instructional, but then, you know, entertaining as well. Yeah. So. Well, definitely making it educational and, oh, yeah. and teaching people. And, you know, I think it's important for you to document, you know, your stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and you got stuff. Okay, I'll, for instance, a woman once told me, she's like, see, how come you don't have any kids? And it's like, well, you know, and she's like, you got to leave something behind. And I said, well, I do leave stuff behind. I leave music behind. I yeah. leave my podcast behind. That's, that's, this is something I leave behind. It, it, it's part of your legacy as well, my Absolutely. friend. And, and it, I would love to be a part of all that. Yeah, yeah. You know, so let's, let's definitely – you communicate and get this thing up and rolling, and I think it would be fun. And then Todd's here, and we'll, we'll sit here and talk a little bit about Sounds great. and stuff. But this is great, man. And, yes, let's definitely have you come back and do a Honeymooners podcast. And, and whatever, if you've got an event you want to promote or, or something going on, or please keep us in mind and use my platform. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate being here today. Great talk today, man. Great talk. I want to thank EJA Moving Services, Utica Hemp, Saranac, and, of course, our friends over at Utica Coffee for this podcast. You can listen to this podcast and previous podcasts of EC Radio and all the content we have here on the Disruption Network. Now, I'm a big Spotify guy. Are you? I, yeah, have you, are you in Spotify at all? I'm not in it, but I, I'm familiar with it. Spotify is like, has changed the way I listen to music now. Really? Yeah, it keeps you current on a lot of the things that are coming up just based on what you listen to automatically. Oh, yeah, there you go. But then you can listen to all these podcasts on Spotify, and just there's a lot of great stuff on Spotify. I'm, I'm hooked on it. So I'll have to check it out. I am promoting myself on Spotify. There you go. <laughs> go to EC Radio on Spotify. Hit the click the follow button, please, people. Also, you can rate us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play, and as well as Stitcher, too. You can find us on Stitcher. And, of course, DisruptionNetwork.net. Carl, what are you doing February 8th? I don't know. What's February? I think you need to come to our anniversary party. Oh, sounds great. Three-year anniversary party. Where is it? It's going to be at the Jewish Community Center, which is on Oneida Street in Utica. It starts at 6 o'clock, and we've got amazing entertainment. And that's uh, a Saturday? It's a Saturday night. You got anybody photographing it for you? 
no. You want to come down? Can I do that for pictures? you? I'll yeah. do that for you. It'd be my my pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Come on down. More the merrier. Yeah. It's it, w- you know I th- the band's probably going to bring a photographer, but it doesn't matter. I, we need yeah. to get it documented. Yeah, you, you know? need something for your sake. For sure. Right, and I'll be happy to do that for you. For sure. Awesome. Yep. Cool. February eighth. So what's happening? Haley in the water, which is Haley Jane, an amazing artist. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then Annie in the water. Are you familiar with those guys? No. Great, great band. Uh, kind of fairly local. They're they're in the region. Name Bill Gaither ring any bells to you? What's that? Bill Gaither? No. Yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> well, Fleetwood Mac have anything oh, to you? come on. I, I was watching Fleetwood Mac before you were born. Well, they're going to be covering rumors from front to back. Really? Right, on Sweet. February 8th. Sweet. From front to back. So we have uh, three different bands, and then at the end, it's called. I saw them at SPAC. Did you? Oh, yeah, years ago. Wow. So it's like the 40th, uh, 45th anniversary. Yeah, we don't want to go there. Of, of rumors, <laughs> and that's why they're covering it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so they're doing a whole tour of it, and we were lucky enough to get them on our anniversary party on this tour. How sweet. Yeah, I'm really excited. Wow. So what's going to happen is Live Noah's going to start first. He'll do a quick little acoustic set. Then Haley Jane, then our boys Trampling Jetstream, then Annie in the Water, and then at the end, right around, uh, I say about 10, 10.30, uh, we're going to do the Fleetwood Mac tribute. Wow. And uh, we'll be out of there by about 11.30. I'll be there. Hopefully, yeah. Come yep. down, take pictures. It's going to be great. Plenty of tickets available. So you guys go to our website, disruptionnetwork.net. Purchase tickets. Tickets are doing pretty well too. A lot of people are grabbing them up. So uh, we're going to have food. We're going to have beer, wine. There's going to be a party for everybody. It's 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 definitely going to be good. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going on February eighth, the JCC, our three year anniversary party. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, that would be great. I'd love to have you come in and. and document a bunch of the stuff that's going to go on because i'm pretty sure there's going to be some antics yep carl thanks again for coming in thank you anthony here's more on the anniversary i just called you anthony didn't i it's okay (laughs) you and my mom are (laughs) you you and my mom are the only ones that do that but you know what anthony's my name i prefer it there you go it is z is something i got stuck with about 25 years ago yeah right i can never shake it but it's all good it's i guess it's my other personality. There you go. <laughs> Carl, much love to you. Pr- oh, plug your photography business, too. You got a website and all that you'd like to Yeah, carlermish.com. Carlermish.com? Uh, yep. We've got actually got a really great Valentine special going now for portraits of women, uh, not only photographing the outer beauty, but the inner beauty as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's good stuff. You should check it out. And we can find you on Instagram and Facebook and all Instagram, that? Instagram, carlermish, Facebook, the whole, yeah, they're watching on Facebook now. So Awesome, cool. Yep. Share, 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 like, comment, subscribe, follow all that social media lingo. Find Carl all over. You can just Google you, really. Absolutely. And and find you through there as well. Right. Much love to you, Carl. We'll see you tomorrow. Later. Join us Saturday, February 8th for the Disruption Network three-year anniversary party at the Jewish Community Center, 2310 Oneida Street in Utica, New York. Musical acts include Annie in the Water, acoustic performance by Haley Jane, Trampoline Jetstream, and Live Noah. Haley in the Water will cap off the night covering Fleetwood Mac's hit album, Rumors. Party kicks off at 6 p.m. There will be beer, wine, food from Doughboy's Barbecue, and Holy Fazoli. Saturday, February 8th. For tickets, visit our website, Disruption Network. Dot net.